This is the Hollywood Raw Podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glenn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast Weekly Rundown. My name is Adam Glenn, joined by my friend who's obsessed with Hollywood culture as much as I am, <laughs> Dax Holt. How are you, sir? I am doing so good. Looking forward to the weekend. Looking forward to get through these uh, top 10 biggest entertainment stories of the week so that everyone feels caught up and in the loop because there was a lot of things that happened this week that, you know, not everyone likes to watch the Golden Globe. So we'll give you just a little recap of some of the top things that were there. Some people just don't like award shows, but they want to know what happened so they don't feel left out. So we'll get into all of that. Yeah, we try to fill you in and just try to make it quick and fun. We used to do this episode in 20 minutes. Our goal is to make it 20 minutes. We always go longer because we get excited into it <laughs> but our goal is to try to get make it as quick as possible but also keep you informed make it fun make it interesting uh actually real quick story you know who i met this week who such a cool dude by the way like i always like to talk about good experience with celebrities and this person is the real deal steve harvey good guy okay yeah like just a good guy i've, I've heard i've heard mixed reviews about him but I, i'd like to hear what your experience was I, I haven't seen him in forever. I haven't seen him since the pandemic. So it's been years and I saw him and I appreciate when they remember me and I'm not like that memorable of a guy. I guess maybe I am because when you're in New York City, I'm probably one of the only few people that runs after you with a camera. And uh, I he just called me out like in a good way and was just like, what's up? How are you? And it was just good to see Steve Harvey. Good one. Yeah, I don't know. He was just he was cool. I like hearing good. I, I I like hearing good stories about people, so and that's he's, cool. I'm glad he was nice. Yeah, and he's a big star. And it's crazy because Steve Harvey's had a long career. Um, but like I feel like in the past couple of years, we realized like he went from celebrity to star. Would you agree with yeah. that? A hundred percent. I mean, he was he's been like the uh, I would say family feud alone put him on another level because yeah. that show was great, but like the, the way they use social media and all the clips and he's just so freaking funny that we find ourselves like at my house, like rewatching just the little snippets of like dumb things people say on Family Feud. Plus, then he's got all these other little side gigs that he does. I mean, the guy is just rolling in in cash. But not only that, he's just really talented at being a host, which is not always that easy. Yeah. Um. So thank you, Steve Harvey, for being a good guy. Before we get to the top 10 stories of the week. We read your reviews. Yes, we do. Um, if you go to iTunes or if you go to the Apple Podcast app or link, if you put in Hollywood Raw and you go all the way to the bottom, you can actually leave a review. And if you actually you do that and say a few kind words, you leave your name, we'll actually read your review live on air. It's the best thing you do to support this. We're not a Patreon. We don't ask for money. We just ask for reviews. And we need some. If you haven't done it, do it just so we can shout you out, give you some love. Dax, do you have a review ready for us? Yep, here we go. Uh, this one comes from Mima Seabreeze. Uh, five star best are uh, by far best podcast. Once I found you, I had to go down the uh, Hollywood Raw rabbit hole. I need this during my elliptical and daily walk. I'm 66 and you guys are timeless. You speak the truth and give us tons of scoop. Keep up the great podcast. Happy 2023, guys. Love it. I'm That's glad nice. we're there for your elliptical. I'm glad we're there for your daily walks. Um, and thank you for listening. Appreciate it. All right. This one comes from Kitten. Love this podcast. Found you through Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Uh, with Heather McDonald has Juicy Inside Information. Well, I'm going to start over because I just <laughs> brutalized that one. So found you through Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald has Juicy Inside Information and in interviews and is a refreshing take on celebrities. 
Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Kitten. Well, if you like interviews, if you like interviews and you're listening to this episode this weekend, okay, we mm-hmm. are about to record an, an interview later today. Hopefully they don't cancel on us, but it's going to be a very, <laughs> very good interview. So hopefully we, this person follows Hopefully through. we have a big one for next week is yeah. basically what Adam's saying. Yeah. We got a very big interview lined up that we're supposed to record later today. That's going to air next Wednesday. That's when we drop our episodes. So um, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Now on to the top 10 stories of the week, starting with number 10. Dax, what do we got? All right, guys. So I got to break in here. Um, I know you thought we were going to start the countdown. However, um, so we record our episodes on Thursday and uh, unfortunately, some huge news broke on Thursday night that Lisa Marie Presley has died at the age of 54. So, of course, this would have been the number one story of the week, um, but it is a late entry. So I'm going to just go ahead, talk about it now, put it at the top of the show, and then you will hear our normal rundown or what would have been our normal rundown before this breaking news. But uh, Lisa Marie Presley Uh, She is dead at the age of 54 after a cardiac arrest. And so basically the story broke today on uh, TMZ. It sounds like what happened was that she went into a full cardiac arrest on Thursday morning before paramedics arrived. It sounds like her housekeeper actually found Lisa Marie unresponsive in her bedroom. And just as the housekeeper made the discovery, her ex-husband, Danny Kehoe, who I guess lives with her, returned home from taking the kids to school. He administered CPR until the paramedics could come and take over. Uh, They did give her at least one shot of uh, epinephrine to get her pulse restored. Um, She was then rushed to a nearby hospital and say that, uh, I guess TMZ sources say that she did complain on early Thursday morning of stomach pains that got more and more intense. And then they did want to make sure that it was clear that this was not a suicide attempt. Um, So that was kind of the big story in the afternoon. And then come, um, shoot, what time was it? Maybe around 6 p.m. on Thursday night, uh, TMZ posted the story that she had, in fact, passed away. Um, And this... I mean, this, I think, shocked the world. We just saw her the other night at the Golden Globe. She was there, uh, obviously, cheering on the new Baz Luhrmann film about her father and uh, Austin Butler cheering him on when he got his Golden Globe. So I did not expect to see this story this morning. Uh, Priscilla Presley, her mother, did put out a statement saying Priscilla Presley and the the Presley family are shocked and devastated by the tragic death of their beloved Lisa Marie. They are profoundly grateful for the support, love, and prayers of everyone and ask for privacy during this very difficult time. Um, You know, Obviously, if, if you know anything about Priscilla Presley, she did not have a very easy life, you know, even though you would kind of assume that she did because she was Elvis's daughter. But um, she was born nine months after her parents tied the knot. Um, she became the joint heir to the Elvis estate with her grandfather and great grandmother after um, Elvis's heart attack back in 1977. Um, and then, you know, she had some really high profile relationships. She you know, first she, she married Danny. Then, um, shortly after divorcing him, got with Michael Jackson in 1994. And they had that super awkward kiss at the, I think it was a VMAs. And then she was also linked with Nicolas Cage. I mean, she just had some, a very interesting life to say the least. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is just really, really sad news. She survived by three children. Um, Riley Kehoe, who I think is probably the most famous of her children, Harper and Finley, who are twin girls, and then her son, Benjamin Kehoe, he died by suicide back in 2020. So 
really, really sad news. Um, I'm looking at all the celebrities paying tribute to her right now all over social media. I see Rita Wilson posting photos talking about how heartbroken she is. Linda Thompson, who is actually married um, to Elvis for a while, had posted all these really cute photos of her with Priscilla when Priscilla was really young. Um, and her comment was just, my heart is too heavy for words. Um Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkin posted stuff. Daniel Teller Versace, Jennifer Tilly. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Leah Remini. Leah Remini said, I'm heartbroken over the passing of Lisa Marie Posley. Lisa did not have an easy life, as some may think. May she be at peace, resting with her son and father now. Her mom, Priscilla, and her three daughters, Riley Finley and Harper, are in my prayers. Uh, Octavia Spencer, I mean... That you're going to hear a lot more about this over the next couple of days. Pink posted, John Travolta posted, Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Crow, Brian Wilson, Leanne Rimes. I'm everyone's talking about this because everyone at some point has had a run in with Lisa Marie Presley because she was rock royalty. Um, anyway, so I, I just needed to make sure we got this into the rundown for today. Um, and yeah, let's get to our our rundown. All right, guys. That is it. Rest in peace, Lisa. Well, I'm going to do 10.5. Okay. 10.5 is Kanye West is alive. He was seen out in Beverly Hills with a mystery woman, and that's all the attention I'm giving it. Okay, let's move on to <laughs> 10. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, all right. Number 10 is uh, chain smokers admit to having threesomes together, uh, which is Pretty shocking news. So basically, uh, Alex Paul and Andrew Taggart from the Chainsmokers, they went on the Caller Daddy podcast. By the way, why is this number 10, Adam? I think this one would be higher up in the in the list. This is a big story. You know what? It is, but I expect them to have threesomes with, you know, like, so, uh, you know, that's what keeps the groups together. So that's why it would be, it's sort of like common. You think they're the only group that's had threesomes together? I'm sure Axel and Slash have been together in the same room nude. So it's... Uh, you know, so but yeah, but go on to this. Okay, so basically, they you know they were talking about all of their past touring and said when they were younger they had to share hotel rooms and sometimes in those hotel rooms in Europe the beds would almost be attached. So one of them would bring someone home or both of them would bring people home. And next thing you know, they're they're already right next to each other. So it just kind of worked into like some Eiffel Towering and stuff. Um, but they said, listen, that was a long time ago. Like this is not happening still. Um, but it, it was, a, I think, a pretty funny revelation that everyone on the internet just started clamoring about. But not only that, there was... Um, some other information, which was kind of interesting, um, Alex Paul opened up about a really toxic relationship he was in, where he he alleged that his ex-girlfriend would track him using a pet food dispenser. So it was one of those pet food dispensers that actually had a little camera on it. And apparently she covered the like little red recording light with a piece of electrical tape cut out perfectly to the size of the red like light that would go on. And so for months, he was like walking around his house being normal. And this woman was allegedly recording every move he made. That is some creepy shit right there. Yeah. Um, it's gl I'm glad they, um, they're they getting together and they've, they've gotten to have fun. Here's a quick story about the, the Chainsmokers. So I kind of remember them when they were in New York, just like regular DJs. And then somehow they started making music. I don't know if they had this good PR, but they became like stars. But they used to just do like marquee and regular nights, like regular nightclubs in, in New York. 
Alex was the main guy. Now, Alex is the guy who you don't see singing. Andrew's the guy who sings with the Chainsmokers. He's like the DJ that sings. Alex, so Alex used, the Chainsmokers didn't actually used to involve Andrew. Alex was with another guy. And then they broke up. And then Andrew became part of the Chainsmokers with Alex. And then they blew up. So where's that guy who used to be part of the Chainsmokers, who was one of the original Chainsmokers? I don't know. Are you asking me as if I'm, I not, I'm just saying I oh. just I wonder if that guy is just kicking himself in the ass like, holy shit. Like he's probably, you know, doing karaoke bars right now. DJ and karaoke bars are trivia nights at some random bar in Brooklyn. So, so he got he got he got Dunkelman straight yeah. out of the uh, <laughs> the group. <laughs> exactly. So Andrew became part of the Chainsmokers, which is just two of them. But um, yeah, I'm glad those guys were able to uh, double team some girls together. That's what probably, you know, <laughs> you know uh, it's good. I'm glad they're happy. All right. Number nine. Number nine, Mackenzie Scott, uh, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, one of the richest women in the world, uh, divorces again, according to a report. So we've been talking about this, that she was going into the divorce, but it is now finalized from that chemistry teacher, Dan Jewett. Uh, TMZ reported this announcement that the they, they announced their marriage back in March of 2021. And then by September 2022, she was already filing for divorce. So it seems like they signed a private separation contract that will determine uh, the assets and the settlement here. Yeah, she is worth a whopping, uh, I want to say it was... 34 billion when her and Jeff got divorced and then she's given away a ton of that money since then so I want to say she is down to 20 billion and I like how I'm saying down to 20 billion uh, but th- you can see that's how like philanthropic she is she gives a lot of the money away she plans to give it all away uh, throughout her life but yeah she's got 20 billion and now gone through that divorce i don't know how much he gets i don't know what that separation looks yeah like. do you think he was he still teaching because this guy was a teacher does he still teach when he gets married sure. so he was a yeah a, so he was with I, a billionaire and teaching still yeah, that's not? the part that i'm very that's curious his passion about. in life yeah that's his passion <laughs> i would say the number one complaint that teachers have is the money is not great but they love what they do and so if, if you love what you do and now money's not an issue, like that sounds like the perfect situation. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> find me a teacher that's going to be, that's worth, you know, a couple billion dollars and I'll find you a teacher <laughs> that that's just, that's insane that this guy was, a, well, at the time he was married to a billionaire and still decided to teach. But I'm curious. If I he mean, goes, I don't, I don't know how teachers do it. Like with all the kids, like they are saints in my book, man. That's a tough gig, man. It's a tough gig. Um, but yeah, this is interesting that they're only together for a little bit short time. Curious if she's going to go back out on the prowl. Um, it's, uh, wait, wasn't she back? No, she, was she the one that was dating a guy that we saw him at a basketball game together? Who was the Mm. other billionaire? Yeah, I think she was. Didn't we see her? She was back dating with some billion. I don't know. know. Guys, sorry about that. We probably should be more informed, but it's just (laughs) – there's so much going on. We've been so focused on Prince Harry this week. It's kind of been a little bit crazy. All right. Now to our number eight story of the week. We're going to give you our recap and try to sum up the Golden Globes for you just so you don't have to waste three hours of your time. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Golden Globes happened this week. Uh, obviously, this is one of the biggest award shows that kind of leads into Oscar season. A lot of the, I, I think, people that win Golden Globes end up also winning the Oscar because it's kind of like the first glimpse of who the Hollywood Foreign Press is leaning towards. Um, and so, uh, 
this was kind of interesting, but uh, Gerard Carmichael, who is, am I, did I say his name right? This time? Yeah. Okay, Gerard Carmichael. Comedian, he ends up getting to host the Globes. He took a pretty big shot at Tom Cruise during the night. And this was one of the big moments that a lot of people were talking about. So Tom Cruise famously gave up three of his Oscar, I'm sorry, three of his Golden Globes last year um, because of, um, what what was the reason? I'm trying to remember. It was, I want to get this right, but he I just think didn't like that there was no representation inside the Hollywood Forum press, that there was, it was basically all white people or all white dudes and they, they needed diversity in there. So he uh, stood up for, you know, everyone out there and said, I'm giving them back until you guys figure your shit out. So Gerard comes out with three golden globes and says, Hey, I found Tom Cruise's golden globes back here. And I want to ransom them up uh, to find the missing wife of David Miscavige, Shelly Miscavige. And the whole room was like, not a lot of laughs. I don't think it was a well done joke. And I also think he butchered the last name, which even made it a little more confusing for people. He said like miscarriage or something like he he didn't say the name properly. So a lot of people, I think, were also confused with his joke. But that was probably one of the most talked about moments. Austin Butler got up there. He won a best actor for the Elvis movie. But a lot of people saying, though, he still sounds like he's talking in his Elvis accent. Um, and he just says, look, it, I was focused on this role for three years and I was living in it. And so, yes, it's probably baked into my DNA. I don't hear it anymore, but other people mention it. So that was one other moment. Um, what else? Eddie Murphy making a diss at Will Smith uh, basically says, you know, you learn three things in this life because he walked away with um, – I think it was a Lifetime Achievement Award, like the Cecil B. DeMille Award. And he said, you know, there's there's, there's a blueprint. There's a definitive blueprint you can follow to achieve success, prosperity, and peace of mind. It's very simple. He said, there's three things. Pay your taxes, mind your businesses, and keep Will Smith's wife out of your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great line. You know, it's really funny. That was that was probably the best Eddie Murphy joke I've seen in a long time because you don't really see Eddie Murphy go Eddie, and that was just a great – line uh fun great here's my biggest surprise i mean obviously the the austin the elvis dude uh putting on this accent if you actually youtube him look up his accent he didn't always speak like this and now ever since he returned elvis he walks around as he's elvis and it's very odd it's weird actually i watched this video recently of him he did this thing for gq where he did his top 10 things i can't live without and he Mm -hmm. speaks like i was like i walk around with my journal and I always write in this journal right here. And then he's like, I got these boots. I love these boots. I'm like, who are you, dude? Like, just be a real person. Come on. It's really unfortunate because the movie was great. He was great in the movie, but and, just be And normal. let's keep in mind, it was two years ago that he filmed the movie. Yeah. So he's had enough time to ditch the accent after a while. Exactly. I think he just likes it. I think he likes being that persona. It's really odd. And it's funny. I just saw this interview with him the other day when he was at like, he was at like a CW event, you know, the CW network. And he's like on the red carpet, like, yeah, he sounds like Mickey Mouse. And then he puts on this voice, Gerard Carmichael as the host. Again, it's the oddest choice. My opinion, Gerard Carmichael has just had it. He's been like the chosen one by the industry. Somehow, you know, a guy who hasn't done that much is gets his own TV show. Then he gets to host Saturday Night Live. Then he gets to hold the Golden Globes. And everyone, like if you're in the comedy scene, you never hear his name. Like it's just sort of irrelevant. So it's like why do you keep forcing him upon us when it's like we haven't chose him? Like he 
I, I don't know. I find it very weird that he's like being forced onto us. Like we need to like him and embrace him. And I don't, you know, I don't want to say I don't see the talent. I, I don't but- think he was. Uh, this, a lot of his jokes missed at this award show, but this is, you know, it's hard to it's hard to host any award show. So I can't rub it in too much. It's a really hard job. I do want to say if you if you are going to take a moment to Google anything from this award show, Jennifer Coolidge, Google Jennifer Coolidge. Yes. Her acceptance speech is so great. She won uh, best performance by an actor in a supporting TV series uh, for White Lotus, uh, which she was just killed off of. So it's kind of funny. Like, imagine you kill her off the show and then she wins a golden gold. Be like, damn it. No, <laughs> you know, you're, you, uh, but her acceptance speech really funny. She's just been killing it late, lately and she's so naturally talented and funny. And I think uh, she's really coming into honestly, the prime of everything for her. Like she is on the tip of everyone's tongue. She's, she's just killing it at everything she does, but go watch that speech. It'll make you laugh. Like I said, All right, like, like what I said about Steve Harvey before, and it's, you know, I kind of think of Rodney Dangerfield and I, you know, kind of leads into like Steve Harvey and Jennifer Coolidge. It's, it's just kind of nice to see someone who's kind of worked in the industry for such a long time. And then they finally get like that embraced, like, like mm-hmm. respect that they probably should have gotten for a long time. Like, it's like, no, they're, they're really talented people. And then when you, when you get to them, they're just very genuine. Like they're appreciative. It's just a lot of grat. I don't know. It's just such a nice thing. All right. Moving on to the number seven story of the week. Uh, number seven story. Harvey Weinstein um, is appealing the New York, New York rape conviction and requesting a new trial. So his legal team filed an appeal on Tuesday in New York requesting the, you know, the new trial here. And his lawyer basically said they did not receive a fair trial due to legally insufficient charges and was denied an impartial jury. He alleged that Juror 11 repeatedly lied to the court about matter matters material to her fairness to serve. We will ask the court, he went on to say, we'll ask the court of appeals to remind trial courts throughout the state that a defendant cannot be tried based on his character, but must be tried on the conduct of which he has been accused. I just hear blah, 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 blah. I mean, like... How much money do you think Harvey Weinstein is going to sink into all of this? I mean, or is it his lawyers being like, no, 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 Let, let's file an appeal. Let's do this. Let's do that. So that they can just drain him of all his money. I'm like, go away already. Like he's been found guilty on numerous things at this point. Like one charge would have been bad, but he's been found guilty on several things. So like move on here and just go to jail already. You're not wrong. Uh, I think there's a few things here. It's a his lawyers are like, hey, here's a thing we could just keep getting paid. It's a it's a you know why not accept the steady work? B he's gonna unfortunately. I mean, I would say unfortunately. This is let's just the way it's gonna kind of play out. Unfortunately, I don't see him living outside his prison sentence. Like he's gonna he's gonna. You know, yeah, his so rest like, of his life is in jail because you might like, as well burn the money. Be- you're, why, who cares about the money? Burn the money. It's like I'd rather I, I'd rather spend the money to get out of my jail cell for a little bit. You know, it's like it just gives him something to live for a little bit. A little, it, you know, I think once he stops fighting, that's when eventually he throws in the towel. And unfortunately, that's the end of his life. Isn't it? Kind of right, let's not talk Harvey Weinstein. He's a gross old man. Oh, number six. All right. Number six. Emily Rajkowski. All right. Well, we really follow her. Why? Why is this one more important than the Chainsmokers threesome, Adam? Um, I just think Emily's just a bigger name, and Emily's been, <laughs> you know, realistically, okay, okay. Emily's been like she's a she's turned into a star lately. So yeah. 
All right, so Emily Ratchakowski spotted out with Eric Andre, um, you know, the comedian Eric Andre, in New York City on a date. Um, and this is all after the whole alleged Pete Davidson split, which I'm still not convinced they were ever anything more than a one-time hangout uh, or a two-time hangout with them. Uh, but the two of them were spotted uh, walking around, hanging out, grabbing I, sushi together. So the funny part, though, about this whole story is now there's another story about her at the Knicks game with a new man. And so it was with this guy named Eli Bromfen, who is a super wealthy grandson of a billionaire Edgar Bromfen Sr., who was the chairman of Seagram. So they're sitting at the, the, the Knicks game watching. Eric Andre was also at the Knicks game last night. So I don't know what the hell is going on at this point. Who's she dating? Who she's not? But what an awkward situation. I don't think there was any interaction between Emily and Eric at the game together because she was kind of, it looked like on a date with the new dude. Um, so that's that's awkward. It is awkward. I mean, she's not hiding from the attention. You know, like it's no. when you go to a Knicks game with Pete Davidson, you know what you're getting yourself into. So she's not hiding from the attention. I've actually known Eric for a long time. Nice. I've known Eric. I've known Eric, honestly, for almost like 20 years. Um, yeah. Really nice guy. We still like comedy sketches together. And I feel like Eric is just I feel like he's like a more of an emotional from. No, and I know him personally. I just feel like he's more of an emotional guy than you think. And it's just going to suck for him. Like, you know, he's not part of the paparazzi entertainment tabloid world. And you start dating this girl. And then all of a sudden you're photographed take, dating her. And then all, it's like, honestly, I, I feel bad for him because he might have been used as a pawn a little bit. And it's just like embarrassing. Like, hey, we just went on a date the other night. And you're, but yet again, she is able to do whatever she wants. She's single. So she's she's dating. And she's clearly not hiding that she's dating. So, but you know, she's not dating, obviously, is Pete Davidson. And Pete, on the other hand, was, you know, allegedly, they were seeing each other, allegedly, um, which mm -hmm. we, how, we don't even know if that there was any tr really truth to that or if that was a PR stunt. Pete, on the other hand, is really kind of being, he's, he's dating this girl. I mean, they say they're friends, but he's dating his former co star. Uh, her name is Chase Swee. Uh, wonders mm -hmm. like is that her name she was the actress in the yeah, bodies yeah. bodies bodies um chase sweet wonders very pretty girl um he was seen hanging out with like her again the, yeah that's like the fourth time we've seen them out so it seems like it's going pretty well yeah and they were seen i mean it looks like they're being a little bit affectionate they're sitting on the other the same side of the table and she was kind of looking a little handsy to him but pete has obviously moved I'm on same, i'm not a same side of the table kind of person that says a lot i think like, yeah I, it's just I awkward have, i haven't i've never like my wife and I met back in high school, so we've been together for a long time. However, there's never a moment that I'm like, I need you to sit right next to me. Like I'd rather look you in the eyes and have a conversation because right next to you is super awkward. So weird. And it feels like you're just there to look at people. And mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, it's not a cool thing to do. It's very awkward, <laughs> but somehow Pete feels more comfortable sitting on the same side. I think they're at like a kabasi place too. They're at like a weird sort of like restaurant in Brooklyn. Um, but Pete's yeah. happy. I'm happy. Emily's happy. Let's just make sure she doesn't play Eric Andre because he's a bud. All right, moving on to number five. Uh, Southern Charm star Catherine Dennis will not be coming back for uh, at least a full-time gig for season nine. Um, she will only now, moving forward, be like a guest star 
Um, so this is, I, I guess this is big news. I do not watch Southern Charm, so but a lot of people are talking about it this week. Um, so, the, you know, they Bravo started filming the series this week in Charleston, South Carolina, and a lot of the reports are suggesting that uh, she's been fired. However, it doesn't seem that she's been fired, just that she has a lesser role on um, on the series. So. I guess that's a big deal. Adam, do you watch the show? It is a big show? deal. She's been on the show. I mean, she might be like the, one of the longest running cast members of the show. Like she she is part of the show. Like when the show started, she had a very, very big storyline. And the crazy part is I saw her at BravoCon uh, this past mm-hmm. year, and I didn't even recognize her. She looks very pretty right now. She's always <laughs> – no. I, I, know it sounded I did really not bad. expect that at all. It sounded really I did weird. Not recognize. She was beautiful. No. <laughs> she looked very good. But it's a completely looking at her. I don't know what she did, or I don't know. She, she just looks completely different now than what okay. she did when she first started She's the show. Had a transformation of sorts is what you're saying. Yes, I would say that okay. she looks good. But well, I you guess, know what? You know what happens though. A lot of people when they just start making money, your your beauty products, your you know regiments, all of that stuff changes. Doesn't necessarily mean you've had work. I mean, I watched True. the I watched the Selena Gomez documentary on Apple. Mm-hmm. The it is crazy how she transforms with her glam squad. Yeah, like in one scene, I'm like, okay, you know, she she's pretty girl, and then the next scene, I'm like, oh damn, like she looks like a supermodel. You know, it's just it's amazing what a a well oiled machine of a makeup artist and glam squad that knows what they're doing can transform your face yeah it's by the way that i watched that documentary and the billy eilish one mm-hmm. I'm, i feel like bad for these women they they just are so unhappy and depressed and i know a lot of a lot of mental issues and mental struggles but you, you go behind the scenes you're like damn you, you know they look so happy on the outside but they've got so many demons on the inside it's really sad yeah, but you wonder if the demons were there once before or once they started to get the fame. And I don't know. I'm just very curious about that. But that's a whole different podcast or interview. We have to talk to them. All right. Yep. Moving on to number four. Yeah, because we're going to have Selena Gomez yeah. on real soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan packing on the PDA uh, during a Miami date night. You know, she we talked about them kind of coupling up before. They said that they were just friends. Um, however, there's a bunch of paparazzi photos of them in Miami, and they're kissing, and he's got his arm around her. So clearly, this is not just a we're just friends. It's moved on to the next stage because um, you don't just normally kiss your friends out in public in front of paparazzi. My question is, do you think these were staged? I think this was the confirmation we needed. Obviously, they've been hanging out all the time. We see them getting somewhat like handsy, but not really. But mm-hmm. I think we were just over that storyline. I mean, it was being so played for so long. We needed these photos. It, I, would I say they're staged? No. But would I say that she knew the camera was there? Yes. But the question mm-hmm. is, staged? I don't, She always – she doesn't – so I was just in Miami for a month and I talked to the paparazzi there and they say that Larsa plays, she's doing the same book as Kim Kardashian did where she doesn't hide. She doesn't really embrace, but she just walks slow and she does her thing. Mm-hmm. She, you know, it's not like, so. Well, she learned from the queen. She did. Like, she learned directly from Kim, the ins and outs of, of this game and you know, who you date can really influence 
who's talking about you. And so when you date, you know, the the prince of basketball, essentially, because his father is Michael Jordan, you know, that that's a big deal. She went from Scottie Pippen and now dating Michael Jordan's son. Like, that's huge. Yeah. The only reason I, I'm curious with the photo staged, I don't know. I'm going to say no, because she, she just made me realize I need to kind of sell the next part of the story, which is us actually being kissing because we're sick mm-hmm. of all the same other photos. But I'm curious if she got a percentage of the photos. Like if she well, knew then the it person, had to, it would have had to have been staged then. Somewhat. You get percentage of the photos if you are in on the deal and you're making it happen. You don't get a percentage just because you're in the photo. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it's just, I don't know. I'm curious if she's one of those type of celebrities that like, hey, I want to get paid too. And she gets maybe like 70% or 60% of the sales. But we just, I think for us, we got the satisfaction of knowing like, okay, they definitely are together. All right. Moving on to it, it is It is shot by the same paparazzi agency that gets a lot of the Kim exclusive stuff, Mega. So interesting. There's okay. that. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Number three. Uh, number three, Nick Vial calls out Chris Harrison's claim that he wanted the Bachelor hosting gig um, and that basically says that the former host should take more accountability. So recently, Chris Harrison went on his new podcast and uh, basically said that Nick Vial was gunning for that position and, you know, had kind of reached out and threw his name into the hat, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Like, you know, I, I I guess maybe Chris is looking at it as like, I'm on my way out. Everyone knows I'm super publicly fired. And now the sharks start to circle going, oh, well, if he's out, then I want the gig. Right. And so maybe he was hurt that Nick was gunning for that. But at the same time. OK, um, but I, I don't think Nick liked that so much. He was like, I was there for him. I rooted him on. We weren't. We weren't necessarily best friends by any means. We saw each other at Wells and Sarah Hyland's wedding and we hugged it out and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, for me to get called out like this, I think he just feels very disrespected. And um, it sounds like Chris Harrison actually wanted Wells to get the hosting gig um, because Wells has been a part of the Bachelor family. He's the one that does the bartending uh, on Bachelor in Paradise. He's funny. He's kind of like the it guy uh, that they keep going back to. And apparently Wells felt like he was in a really sticky situation because he's good friends with Chris um, and didn't want that kind of negative energy. So I guess I I think Wells actually passed on the the opportunity to be the, the Bachelor host. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of people. I say there was a lot of sharks once uh, Chris Harrison went under, you know, and when he got let mm-hmm. go. And of course, Nick's going to try to get that job. I mean, the guy, he, let's be real. These people go on the show to get a job in, you know, I would say 80% of these people, when they're done, they try to get a job in show business. They try to take advantage of this. This is an opportunity for them. Are they looking for love? Or are they looking for an opportunity? I think majority of them are looking for an opportunity from it. I mean, that's just the nature of the business now. Nick, Based on from my experiences from dealing with them and from just seeing and this is now it's just going from my uh, thought process of kind of seeing like what he does with his podcast. Of course, he's going to try to apply and try to get that job. And I think Chris is like, yeah, like it was funny. I think he's just kind of hurt by how many people try to kind of talk shit about him, you know, after Mm -hmm. what happened and like try to just 
Yeah. And I don't think Nick talked shit. I think he just was like, there's an open opportunity. Might as well go for it. But there's probably a lot more than just Nick Viall that went for that that role that you might be surprised about. Yeah, I just think maybe Chris is a little bit hurt that more people didn't have his back um, during it. And it was just a tough situation. And Nick was one but of those he, people. He, he himself told people, do not stand up for me. Like, don't go public and try to defend me because you're just going to get yourself brought down in the, the situation. So he told people, don't support me. But he did in this on his podcast, he did talk about the people that hit him up privately and named a few people privately that reached out yeah. to him just to kind of make sure he was well. And I think that meant a lot to him. But I don't think he appreciated like just like the people going behind his back and like really trying to just be like a shark. I don't know. I, I'm not mad at Christopher kind of saying that because it's one of those it's when you lose a gig like that and he had a gig that was kind of set for life and then the people that mm-hmm. you're somewhat friends up like just going like trying to go for that opportunity i mean it's it's got to be a little butt hurt and also nick to bring up the incident again like he should have honestly nick what should have nick done should he have addressed well, no, it or should he have chris 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 brought up because he's yeah, he got did. a new podcast yeah for sure and so nick then responded on his own podcast about how he was just kind of like annoyed with you know, Chris calling him out, I guess. Yeah, but should have should Nick bring that up and should have Nick addressed it? Or is Nick like, hey, focus back on your, you know, you're a racist. Should he is that what he should have done? Or I, what? He's got a platform. He's got his podcast. Why not bring it up? If there's drama, might as well get people to talk about your podcast. Yeah. It's just it's just a really Chris thing Adam went out for the the Bachelor host too. You should talk about Adam. Yeah, but I did that because I've no I'm like fucking I'm a loser. <laughs> I got nothing going on. Talk about Adam, the uh, the co-host of the Hollywood Raw podcast. Make sure you mention the name of the podcast when you call Adam out. Yeah, call me out, dude. I wasn't. Even, I was going for a hosting <laughs> job, but I was also going for an internship because I got nothing as a career, dude. My career is done. This is all I got, guys. Um, all right, number two, Dex. All right, number two, Andy Cohen react, reacts to uh, Jen Shaw's prison sentence and also teases the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City season four casting. Uh, but basically, you know, Jen Shaw has now been sentenced to six and a half years in prison after pleading guilty to conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Uh, Andy, this is what he had to say about it. He said, listen, any old person or anyone who just doesn't really understand what's going on with the Internet or how scams are going on, people are susceptible to stuff like this. Um, and then went on to say, if you if you read the victim report, victim impact report, it's pretty stunning. And so I think even he was surprised by the details of Jen Shaw's kind of crimes. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think everyone was I, I think we knew she was going to get a lot of time. Um, but six and a half years is pretty shocking. And because it's prison, you have to serve like 85% of it. So she's going to be in there for a very long time. He did say, you know, I I wish that she'd be joining or she'd be available for the next season, but that's obviously just not going to happen. And uh, he he did admit that it's going to be a big loss for the show. Yeah. I, I, do you think she takes this interview because she'll get paid for it, but I don't, here's the thing. Oh yeah. He, he does want a, a last interview before she gets locked up. I, I think she'll take it. Well, honestly. she could, she could use the money, you know, cause she mm-hmm. does have bills to pay and, we also want to hear her side. However, I don't know if, you know, she's already sentenced. She pled guilty. But if she says anything during that interview that could incriminate her more, is that possible? Or is she's like, no, I just, how does no, that I work? think it's kind of, I think it's done at this point. I may be wrong. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
I don't I don't know how that I'm I'm not in law, so I don't know. But yeah. I got to imagine at some point they can probably put it against you. But I don't know. I just think, you know, I compare this story to the Teresa Judas, Teresa Judai story. And I think more people cared about the Teresa Judai story than this Jen Shah, maybe because Teresa was on TV for a little bit longer. I think she was um, also a bigger star than Jen Shah. Yeah. Yeah. But Jen Shah, I guess, was just doing more. Yeah. Teresa was just dumb. Jen was hurting people, you know? Yeah. So well, she is, she's due to report to prison on February 17th. So I'm sure we'll see a lot more her showing up, all of that. It'll, it'll be big, big stories, big news until February 17th. I could see sure. her doing that. And then we'll get the, Oh, what she's eating behind bars. And Oh, of course, you know, this you know, is all the other inside baseball stories. This, this is going to be the story. Here's the story on Thanksgiving. I'm saying this right now, write this down, guys, hold me to it. On Thanksgiving next year, this is going to be the story of what is Jen Shaw eating for Thanksgiving? This is going to be the big yep. story on TMZ because I just – it's the same fucking And it'll routine. be like turkey slices with cranberry and then like some kind of gravy on top and it, then and a slice of bread. That sounds good. All right. Uh, <laughs> number one story of the Dax week. I think we can all know what it is. Um, hopefully this is last week we're discussing it. The number one story of the week. Uh, number one story of the week is obviously all things royal. Prince Harry uh, putting out his book Spare. And it has really divided not only the country, but I feel like the world. And like people are deciding which side they want to be on. Do they want to be on the side of Meghan and Harry? Do they want to be on the side of the palace? Who do they believe? Um, you know, some people just saying, you know, Harry needs to close his mouth. They don't like the whining. Other people saying, no, this is him speaking his truth and actually being able to kind of fight back against everything that the, the palace kind of stands for in regards to shut your mouth and accept it. And we can bash you as much as we want um, because that's just how we stay kind of in our positions. Um, there was a lot of talk about what he's had in this book um, and how he's kind of flip-flopped on the whole racist royal story, which I don't know if it's necessarily a flip-flop. And so, you know, he had kind of like him and in the Oprah interview, they talked about how the color of this the unborn baby's skin was a big discussion point which the media jumped onto okay that was racism 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 like Megan and Harry never said racism they alluded to the fact that that was a topic of discussion but then Harry does all these interviews and says you know oh you know there there's not racism there but there was talks so I don't know. He's he's getting bashed for that. He's getting bashed for the things that he says to the UK press versus the US press. I mean, it's really kind of hard to keep up with all the stories at this point because there is so much going on with them. Yeah. So he um, Harry was in New York this week. So he was supposed to do um, he was supposed to do the Stephen Colbert show on Tuesday, supposed to tape mm -hmm. it on Tuesday. They say for security reasons, they had to have him do it on Monday. So, we, you know, people are waiting for Tom Hanks, who was doing Monday's episode. And all of a sudden, these cars came really quick. And Harry, like, snuck into the uh, Ed Sullivan Theater where Colbert tapes his show. So they do the show. And then, like, basically, everyone, that's a huge shot, Prince Harry. The paparazzi started trying to chase 
um, and their cars, Prince Harry, but his brigade basically closed down the streets and wouldn't allow anybody to follow his cars. He was staying at a really nice hotel in New York City. Um, this one, Kim Kardashian recently stayed there, and it's a very, very private hotel. Rooms there cost about 3000 to 15000 a night. I don't know if he got the $3,000 room or the $15,000 room, but the mm-hmm. only way you can go in the hotel is if you're a guest of the hotel or if you're a member of the hotel. Uh, oh, wow. It's like a membership club. So um, I did go to Barnes & Noble yesterday because I had to make a return. And uh, uh, like, who goes to Barnes & Noble still? But I, I went there, and the book was everywhere. And I said to the guy at the register, I said, hey, is this book selling online? He goes, it's he said, it's going like crazy. He said – Well, it's the number one nonfiction book, fastest selling nonfiction book ever. Is like, it ever? People, Yeah, people wow. are picking it up. It, the, like the only book that sold more in the first day was the Harry Potter books. Wow. I did not, and that, because that's fiction. Crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Um, uh, the other big thing he's getting skewered for is for admitting that he killed 25 Taliban fighters yes. during his military service in Afghanistan. Um, and, you know, he writes that it's that his number is not one. Then it fills me with satisfaction, nor does it embarrass me. Um, but he's saying that that is also now putting his life in danger and the royal family in danger because he's admitting to killing Taliban members. And again, that's his truth. If he wants to talk about it, let him talk about it. Well, I, I don't know what to say there, but like if he wants to put that information out to the world, he knows the danger of it. He knows the risks of it. Yeah. And you, you know, our podcast, by the way, is the number one anti-Taliban podcast out there. So we're able to bring it up. <laughs> um, we're the number one anti-Taliban. And yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem saying it. I mean, we, you know, I don't know how he feels about it, but yes, we are. We've always been the number one anti-Taliban entertainment <laughs> news podcast in the country. So we will talk about and discuss it, but that's up to you guys. I know people are offended by it. I mean, it's just, it's a tough thing, but again, we're anti-Taliban. It's fine. Did you, did you see the shady stuff people would do in the UK? They were already putting his book half price that like a bunch of bookstores over there were just slapping half price stickers on the book. And I'm like, man, they, they are just trolling the shit out of him. Well, when he came out of Colbert the other day, he kind of raced right into the car and people were booing him. People were yelling at him. People are booing him. Um, he just, I think he ruined the illusion for a lot of people. You know, yeah. and I don't know. People were just hurt over it. They had this uh, fantasy about the palace and the royalty, and unfortunately, he ruined their their that illusion for them. So it's yeah. it's a very awkward time. I, I'm I'm waiting to see once the uh, once it stops raining and things start to clear out a little bit, a little bit, how things are going to kind of pan out in the long term. All right. Well, that's it. You're you're caught up on the biggest stories in entertainment news. That is our raw rundown for the week. Our top ten and a half stories. Um, make sure you guys go head on over to our iTunes page. Scroll to the bottom. Leave us a review. Like we always say, the best thing you can do for us. It helps us go up the ranks. It helps people discover us. That is why it is so valuable to us to see those five star reviews. Um, and then obviously follow us on social media. We got a TikTok. We got an Instagram. We got Facebook. We got it all. Um, and make sure you join our private Facebook group off the record. Um, that's where we're chatting with all of you guys, having fun. Um, I don't know. This week was actually on a roll. I saw a lot of fun stories come through the Facebook page. People having their own run-ins with celebrities. I saw stories about, obviously, a lot of comments on the Prince Harry stuff. But I'm reading it all. Adam and I jump in there. We try to interact with you guys. So come join us. Have fun. Um, And, uh, yeah, you can follow Adam at Adam Glenn. You can follow me at Dax Holt. And this is Hollywood Raw.
We'll see you next week. Bye. Ciao, ciao. A Huda Media Production.